0: Hello. I thought for this special episode I would just read a little extract from the last chapter of Plain Christianity that J.B. Phillips wrote. It was actually a collection of broadcast talks that he did on the radio. And I like this last chapter and the bit that I'm going to read just because it just explains his experience of translating Mark and some of the reasons why it's really good for us to just read it again with fresh eyes and fresh ears or listen to it. It's actually on the podcast app, which you're listening to now. All of it's up so you can listen to the whole thing from his version, if it's helpful. So let me just read from Plain Christianity, chapter 9. The book, which nowadays is usually known as the Gospel according to St. Mark, is quite a short one, for in those days they didn't go in for full-length biographies. His style is vivid, and there are no decorations. Mark sets out to put down the plain facts, and from his simply told story, there emerges a strong portrait of Jesus. Many people, of course, have read Mark's Gospel more than once in English, but not so many will have read it in detail again and again in the original Greek, which is what a translator has to do. If you had done that, you would find that Mark is nothing like so simple and naive as he first appears. I don't know whether he was conscious of being an artist or not, but I do know that the strong lines of his work produce a bold and unforgettable portrait, which comes alive for the simple sentences that he wrote. I should like to pass on to you some of the impressions of Jesus Christ, which a close study of Mark's Gospel produced in my own mind. I find no trace at all in Mark's Gospel of a gentle Jesus, meek and mild. I find instead a most powerful figure who moves with confidence, cheerfulness and courage. He is a man plainly in touch with the unseen world and plainly conscious that, though fully human, he speaks with the authority of God himself. You remember the story of the four men who were determined to get their paralyzed friend within reach of Jesus' power of healing? Jesus makes, as far as we can judge, an instantaneous diagnosis and says to the paralytic, My son, your sins are forgiven. There is no suggestion of arrogance here, but simply of authority. But of course the religious leaders, who happened to be present, were furious with a mere man who dared to forgive sins. Here is Mark's account of Jesus' reaction to that. Jesus realized instantly what they were thinking and said to them, Why must you argue like this in your own minds? Which do you suppose is easier to say to a paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? or get up, pick up your bed, and walk. But to prove to you that the Son of Man has full authority to forgive sins on earth, I say to you. And here he spoke to the paralytic, Get up, pick up your bed, and go home. At once the man sprang to his feet, picked up his bed, and walked off, in full view of them all. Everyone was amazed, praised God, and said, We have never seen anything like this before. Then again, when Jesus healed the man with the shriveled hand in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, or as we might say in church on Sunday, Mark says, he looked round in anger at the faces surrounding him. He was really angry that men could be so utterly callous as to think that the sanctity of the Sabbath could possibly be more important than the healing of a human being. Not for one second do you get the impression that Jesus doubted that he himself was right and that his opponents were blasphemously wrong. Then I like the human touch of Jesus' own family circle, who had doubtless heard about his preaching and healing and defying the religious authorities. They set out, Mark writes, to take charge of him, for they said, he must be mad. Yet the figure who springs alive from these pages is always poised and balanced. Immediately after his family's fears for his sanity, Mark records another remark of Jesus, which I imagine was spoken with a cheerful smile, to show how laughable was the charge that he did his miracles of healing because he was in a league with the devil. How can Satan be the one who drives out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, then that kingdom cannot last. And if a household is divided against itself, it cannot last either. And if Satan leads a rebellion against Satan, his days are certainly numbered. You can imagine how sheepish some at least of his opponents must have felt at such downright common sense. But this courageous, confident son of man can be very gentle and sympathetic when the occasion demands it. Do you remember Jairus, the synagogue president, and how he sent an urgent message to Jesus to say that his daughter was dying? Jesus began to come to his house, but on the way there was what must have been, for the frantic father, a most maddening interruption. The woman with the internal hemorrhage must choose this moment to try and touch Jesus, and, oh dear, he must stop and find out who did so. We can imagine Jairus praying under his breath, Oh hurry, hurry! And then it seems too late. The fatal message comes. Your daughter is dead. There is no need to bother the master any further. Then Mark records Jesus' calm and reassuring words to Jairus. Now, don't be afraid. Just go on believing. Then, with no sympathy at all for the hired mourners and neighbours whom he found weeping and wailing in the house, where the girl lay apparently dead, he turns them all out and says tenderly in Aramaic, Wake up, little girl. Of course, the parents went nearly out of their minds with joy. We can imagine the hugging and the kissing that went on. Mark does not record this, but he does recall that Jesus, practical as ever, suggested that she might be given something to eat. I think it is difficult for us to understand the courage shown by Jesus when he dared to challenge the authority of the scribes and the Pharisees. There is no body of people today, at any rate in our own country, surrounded by such apparently divine authority and living on such a pinnacle of prestige and privilege. Jesus does not merely defy them, but exposes their hypocrisy and shows the absurdity of their treasured traditions. The man who moves with such confidence in the pages of Mark's story is plainly one to whom the resources of God are always available. When he was in his own village, he remarked with perhaps a wry smile, no prophet goes unhonoured, except in his own country, or with his own relations, or in his own home, and he could do nothing miraculous there, apart from laying his hands on a few sick people and healing them. Their lack of faith astonished him." So those are a couple of extracts from Plain Christianity chapter 9, He finishes the chapter, he says this, May I beg you to read Mark's work again. It is not long, and if you read it in one of the several good modern versions, you will get away from the merely traditional reverence and see for yourself the truth of what I have been saying. Read it more than once if you can, with as open a mind as possible, and let the strong lines of this narrative build up for you, as they did for me, a vigorous portrait of one who is matchless man. When you see for yourself the stature and quality of the man, It will not seem to you nearly so difficult to accept what Christians have always accepted, that the Son of Man was also the Son of God. I love this chapter. As I said, just to read a few little bits there. What it does for me is it gets me excited. It gives me a different angle of what Mark was trying to write and the power of his words. And it just challenges me to take away the familiarity of the scripture that I read all the time and see the real man that is in the pages of Scripture, especially in the Gospels. So I hope that encourages you today. Check out Mark for Yourself on the podcast or in whatever version you read. Again, none of this is about Phillips. This is about coming to any version of Scripture with the glasses, with the lens, that it is a living document. And I love that chapter from Plain Christianity because it just brings to life the person of Jesus and helps challenge you to read it afresh. Thank you.